Isn't that weird? It's so odd, and it's so uncomfortable, and I hate it, you know, but uh, it's just a part of it, you know. Doing church during these times is just so different, isn't it? Amen. It's all good, though. Different seasons for different things, amen? Um, I, tell you, I tell you what is good, the really good news, is that um, you have a blessing that's on your life that's stronger than anything that this world can throw at you. Greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. And so um, this blessing has been given to you through Jesus. Um, he became a curse to redeem you from the curse. Can I get an amen? And, uh, you know, redemption from curse is not the product of man's hands. Man can't do that. Only Jesus can do that. And so Jesus actually removed the curse. And then he gave us that blessing of Abraham. Right, And so it's given to you, and that blessing, the greatest miracle that can happen to you is that your name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you'd receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's no greater miracle. But this blessing, this blessing of Abraham, um, it's not for the next life, it's for this life. And you need it right here because you have enemies, you have adversaries, you have challenges. And um, you need something to protect you, to provide for you. Um, to be your shield, to be your reward, and then also uh, to be your friend, and to be your father, to be your savior. And so all of these things are in Jesus. And, um, and so there's a blessing that's on your life that is to protect you and to keep you. And um, how many know that there's nothing that this world can throw at you that is stronger than that blessing? Okay? Now, there are ups and downs in life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're Superman and you're invincible and you're not going to have challenges. You're going to have challenges. But the Lord is going to walk with you through the challenge and lead you to triumph and help you to overcome. And even your failures um, are going to serve uh, to, to teach you and to be a comfort to other people. Uh, because the trouble that you've went through is not just for you personally, but it's for other people. Every tear that you've cried, every moment of anguish that you've had, the Lord will redeem those moments, and they will become a comforting blankets of ministry that you drape over other people's shoulders. Uh, my places of greatest ministry are my places of greatest failure. You know? um, and, it, and, and so in that place, I am humbled, but at the same time, I'm thankful and I'm grateful. And, you know, God causes all things to work together for your good. Everything. Everything the world can throw at you, um, it's all gonna, it all works together for your good. And so, um, so you, but you have this blessing, right? And it's awesome. And so I've been talking about it a lot. I think it's really important um, in the time that we're living in. Um, you know, the, the how I many you know that the attitude of the plane determines its ability to access lift. How many know that the uh, law of gravity is a powerful law and it's very difficult to supersede that law because it's present and it's everywhere, right? But there's a greater law called the law of lift. And if thrust and uh, angle or attitude is proper and um, the, the uh, vehicle's aerodynamic um, and it has enough thrust, it has the ability to access a different type of law 
um, that supersedes the law of gravity. And how many of you know you can take a massive several ton plane and you can fly it all over the world as if gravity had no effect on it whatsoever. And so uh, flight is um, an example of where something is dominated by other forces that are going on. And what are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, the Bible has, according to Romans 5.17, you've been invited to rule and reign in this life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Both of those things are found in Jesus. I mean, the grace and truth was in Jesus, and uh, Jesus has now become your righteousness. He is your gift of right standing with God. And so you've been invited to not uh, flow in the weak and beggarly elements of this life, not uh, you know, go from punch to punch, but you've been called to soar, and you've been called to fly, and you've, you've been called to overcome and to reign in life. And so uh, that's God's calling on your life. That's God's empowerment to you. And uh, that's very important news in the times that we're living in because there's a lot of challenges that are going on. But I really believe that this is a time when God's people are going to flourish, um, they're going to increase, they're going to prosper uh, for the purpose of being a safe place for other people to come, for the purpose of helping other people, um, for the purpose of being a blessing. How many know gross darkness has covered, darkness has covered the land, gross darkness of people, but the light has risen and is shining upon us, not for the purpose of exalting us, but for the purpose of us being pointers to Jesus. Primary calling of your life is just point to Jesus. Just point. Don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> Don't overcomplicate it. Just point. Everybody here, you're called to point. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's all different types of serving. There's, there's all different ways we can serve. Uh, you know, we can come to church. We can give. We can pray. We can evangelize. Um, we can worship. We can preach. We can call people. We can encourage people. We can share stuff on Facebook. Um, we can have one-on-one -on -one encounters where we lead people to the Lord. We can love on people. We can be a shoulder that somebody cries on. Uh, love takes many different forms. Right now, I'm loving a group of teenage boys by creating a perfect environment for them to feel safe and to come to and feel loved. And that's a part of what I'm doing right now. And I love every second of it. It's just an absolute joy. How I many you know when, when something is an expression of love, you don't get tired of doing it? When, when, I, when I am flowing in love, I'm energized. Now, when I get over into obligation and I'm tired and I'm thinking about Jeremiah and then I get cranky, you know what I'm saying? Then I need coffee. <laughs> I need coffee in Jesus. Amen. I got to re, recharge, so to speak. But, um, but, a, like, that's, but when, you're, when love is flowing through you, you're energized and you're strengthened. And so everybody here, you're called to love in different ways, different formats, but ultimately, every action of love that comes through you should, be, should leave people pointed to Jesus. Not you, not your church, not your favorite pastor, not your favorite preacher, Jesus Christ. Okay? Point to Jesus. Okay? Um, that's what keeps things healthy. That's what keeps ulterior motives out. Anyone ever been ulterior motived in Christianity? Jeez, we're so good at it, aren't we? I used to hate. See, legalism always has fine print. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus loves you. You're blessed. Come on in. <laughs> and then they got you, 
And then here is the fine print. If you don't come to church this amount of times, you will be cursed. If you don't pray this amount, you will be cursed. If you don't give this amount, you will be cursed. Um, let's see, what else? Help me out. <laughs> if you don't witness to so many people, you will be cursed, etc., 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 right? And all that fine print and all those ulterior motives takes away from the simplicity and the beauty of the gospel. God loves you. He wants to save you. He would love for you to be a part of what He's doing, like in terms of serving Him, but you don't have to in order to be loved and to be saved. <laughs> it's so different, isn't it? I can remember when I first got a hold of, of the, the gospel, and I was trying to evangelize under legalism, understanding the gospel. It's so hard. <laughs> because what the gospel does is it actually reveals your motives. It, why are you doing what you're doing? And a whole lot of, unfortunately, there's a good portion of Christianity where you're, 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 you're taught to do the right thing, but the engine and the motive in which it's done, a lot of times, is not healthy. Because like, if I'm trying to do something for God to get Him to love me or get Him to accept me, that's the opposite of the way the kingdom operates. How I many of oh, God loves you first? When I was a drug addict, atheist, alcoholic, crazy person, God loved me just the way I was, and He saved me. And so, if I'm trying to earn love through my behavior, then I end up, the harder I work, the less I feel loved. And the less I actually have a real relationship with the Lord. And so, under legalism, I had all these things I was doing outwardly that looked amazing, but inwardly, I was just a scared little kid who wanted to be loved by God and by the pastor. Just want somebody to notice me and see that I have value. And so a lot of my zeal in fervent serving was based out of a desire to just be loved and accepted, which I had in the beginning without doing anything. And so God, under legalism, He, he wants to pull all those bad motives out of you. And, and really the way that happens is just love. Just be loved. It's really the only way. It's the only thing that works. <laughs> just be loved. Just chill and be loved. Amen? And then as you're loved, He'll begin to cause love to flow through you in terms of service. But it's going to be in your time, not anyone else's time. Y'all tracking me here? That's between you and the Lord. Anyone ever feel valued because of their gift, but not because of who they are? It's painful, man. And it happens in Christianity a whole lot. Now it happens in the world, too. But um, in Christianity, it, it, it's almost more painful because, at least in the world, everybody knows you're just trying to make money. You know? But a lot of times in the church, that can happen, and it can really feel very devaluing. And, and see, God loves you more than your gifts. He loves you more than what you can do. He loves you more than what you can bring to the table. He loves you just the way you are. And when you sit under that type of love, it cleanses all those bad motives out of you. Yeah. And you just get free. Yeah. And, and things get simple. You know, you have this really complicated legalistic motor that requires you got to turn this, and you got to do this, and you got to put this in here, and there's all these levers and all these guilt gears, <laughs> obligation gears, you know what I'm saying? And they're all just running, and there's, there's no oil, and there's just fire and brimstone. <laughs> Pain, 
<laughs> and so, how do you get through it? Well, you just eat. <laughs> you know, you find some way to medicate. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, legalism make you hit the buffet hard. Because, like, you already feel bad. You already feel guilty. You're not measuring up. So, bless God, somebody give me some fried chicken. Let me bury my pain. You know? I mean, or it might be entertainment. Or it might be... <laughs> oh man, it's true. Praise God. We're all laughing because it's true, right? But like, God wants to like flush all those gears out of you and make it just a simple stream of love to you and through you. So simple, you know? Be loved. And love. You know? What does love look like flowing through you? Looks different than it looks like flowing through me. You know? And so, um, and I think that we have to give each other space to be who we are. Very important because um, what insecurity does, and insecurity is rampant in Christian leadership. And uh, an insecure leader is a breeding ground for bad motives. And um, it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. Because it's so funny because a lot of people in leadership really shouldn't be. <laughs> Why did I say that? I say that not, not to be mean, but some of the most motivated, zealous people on earth have the worst motives. And the people that just flat out don't really care that much are a lot of times the people with better motives, but they're less driven. And it's all the driven lunatics <laughs> that have awful motives and have amplified insecurity that are out like, Rah! you know, and really we need the people in the back 40 that nobody knows about who actually has pure enough motives to actually operate in a leadership position because they don't want the spotlight. That, um, and I really feel like that's something God's doing. And that's what grace does. Grace will get you to the place to where like, you're satisfied just being a child of God. Like, you're satisfied being a son. You're satisfied being a daughter. And there's like the satisfaction that comes into your life. And so ministry actually comes out of a place of love, not out of a place of trying to prove yourself. See, when you're, when you're trying to prove yourself, um, your ministry is a clanging symbol. It's loveless. It's still about you. Um, and, and it really, it should, it's not about us, amen? And, and, and the, your greatest place of happiness and deliverance is when you lose sight of yourself. And that's why love feels so good. Because when love's flowing to you and through you, you're free from you. For a brief moment of time, you've been set free from your greatest challenge. You, amen. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm talking to myself too, you know. But like, those moments, man where just love is flowing, that's living right there, man. Serving, bless God, not doing it for you, doing it for somebody else. Just, oh, it just feels good. And when that's happening, you're happy. When that's not happening, you're frustrated because you're a joint that's called to supply. You're, you're a part of the body, and you're called, you're called to give of yourself. And so when that's not happening, there's a frustration that's there. There's like a boredom that's there. Now, there are seasons where you just need to rest and do nothing. And that's between you and the Lord. There's different seasons. But, um, but God wants to set you free. 
And the way he sets you free is he loves through you. And he, and he allows you to live for something other than yourself. If you're just living for yourself, you're not going to be happy. Christian, non-Christian, you will not be happy just living for yourself. You're actually not designed to just live for yourself. You're designed to live for something other than yourself. You're designed to live for Jesus. It really is. That's your design. All things were created by him and all things were created for him. And so there, there's a glitch in the system that no matter what you get, no matter how much stuff you accrue, no matter how famous you get, no matter what you can get that this world can give you, it will never quite satisfy you because you were created for him. And like, so I don't care how hard you run, I don't care how much you strive, I don't care what you do, you'll never be happy without living a life unto him out of a place of worship. That's the good place. And many of us, we have ran from that place We've stumbled into that place. We got scared and we left. Um, we got distracted, chasing butterflies, chasing dreams, chasing things that seemed like it would mean something. And then when we accomplished it or we got it, we still weren't quite satisfied. And um, I think a lot of us, we, we come in and out of this place. you know. And, um, but I know that I am the best version of myself when I'm living for Him. I'm my happiest, I'm most comfortable in my skin, my life has the most purpose. And I mean, living for Him doesn't mean standing behind a pulpit. That's very important to understand. I mean, you, know, you, can, you, can, you can do your job as unto the Lord. And then there's purpose behind it, there's calling behind it. I mean, you, know, you, can, you, can, you can play sports as unto the Lord. You can, um, you can do anything as unto the Lord. And there's an enjoyment that's there. Amen? And God wants to cause that love to, to flow into us and to flow out of us to remove all those broken gears of past motivations and bring a place of simplicity and freedom into our life. Uh, the gospel is simple. The kingdom is simple. When people start getting things really complicated, I, I question it. I do, because the Bible says that you know the, the enemy... Uh, deceived Eve, you know, and, and talk about, you know, through complexity, and we got to stick with the simplicity of Christ. And that's simple, man. Jesus loves you. He saves you, you know. He wants to love you, rescue you, then He wants to flow through you. Amen? So, anyway, amen. That's just my introduction. We have three more hours to go. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> I just said, that was in my heart, and I just said something very short and practical, and we'll finish. But, um, so you're blessed, right? Period. But what I want to what I want to share with you quickly is that there in your blessing that you've been given, how many know that there is a place of relationship within that place of blessing? And if we try to remove relationship out of the blessing, then we we end up Severing ourselves from the sweetest part of God, which is to know Him and to be known by Him. Okay? Because here's the thing God wants to communicate with you, He wants to speak to you through Scripture, He wants to speak to you through preachers, He wants to speak to you through His still small voice, He wants to give you dreams, He wants to 
speak to you through nature. He wants to speak to you through songs. He wants to speak to you through movies. He wants to speak to you through children's mouths. He wants to speak to you. It is His joy for you to hear His voice. He loves it more than just about anything else. You're His kid, and He wants you to hear His voice. And, and, and so much of the time, it's a challenge because the enemy has distorted what the true voice of God is um, with a mixed message and a false gospel. Look, man, God's not out to condemn anybody. God's out to save everybody. Um, if, if someone chooses, people will have to reject salvation in order for it to, to not be received. I believe that. I believe everybody's going to get a chance to hear, and it's their choice. But um, our God's not here to condemn, our God's here to save. And so the, the voice of God is clearly demonstrated through Jesus Christ. And if you look at Jesus, you find out the true heart of God and you find out God's heart and motivation. God is here to seek and to save that which is lost. Amen. And so God wants, to, wants you to hear His voice in a place of relationship. Now, in that place of relationship, in that place of hearing His voice, you're going to get something that's more valuable to you than anything else you can get. Literally, the most valuable commodity on earth. Okay, More valuable than money, more valuable than time, more valuable than anything. And what that is, is it's called wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is a place of safety in troubled times. Number one, you're blessed, okay? But within that blessing, there's a place of relationship where the Lord will say, this is the way, walk ye in it. Like, how I many you know, more than ever, it's time to be led by the Spirit of God? More than ever. More than ever. Like, I had, I had that conference in Myrtle Beach, and all over the news, Myrtle Beach is a hot spot. Myrtle Beach is a Petri dish. Myrtle Beach. You go to Myrtle Beach, you're going to die. <laughs> That's what it was. And so, like, we had already rescheduled this conference once. We had, the, the I mean, it was just insane trying to plan something like this over all this craziness, right? So, I mean, you know, I need to hear God. And I need to do what God has led me to do. Now, in the midst of everyone being led by God, I mean, you know, it's important to make room and give room for other people to hear God for themselves. Because what God may be leading this person to do may be different than what God is leading this person to do. Doesn't mean this person isn't hearing God and this person is hearing God or vice versa. Can I get an amen? amen. Same spirit, many different administrations. We, we mess things up when we get so insecure that we can't allow other people. How many of the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? Everybody got that, that uh, <laughs> that's the Kentucky version. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I mean, you know that we cannot be someone's Holy Spirit and that people hear God for themselves. So, in the midst of all of that, here we are in our house and I have peace about doing this conference. Like, if I didn't have peace, I wouldn't do it. But I had peace about it. Now, my wife didn't have peace about traveling with the kids. So now, here we are. Here's a decision to make. I'm the man of the house. <laughs> you will obey me. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, in the Greek, it says the man is the head. But if you look deeper, it says the woman is the neck. So, tough crowd. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. How many know that out of love and honor and respect for my wife, we talk about this together. We make a decision together. Decision was, she stays home, I go. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. It was success. It was good. And now we're ready for next year. Um, and so, how many know that that wisdom, which is the place of safety, comes out of a place of relationship? Because there's two schools of thought. There's a, I'm so blessed. I'm invincible. You know, give me the bubonic plague. Put it in my hands and watch it die. <laughs> Listen. Not being critical towards people who roll like that, okay? Because there are people that roll like that, okay? I'm not one of those people, you know? But there are people that do, so I'm not trying to be critical of those. I'm not trying to be critical of anybody. But I'm just trying to lay out a little bit of maybe balance. So you got those people. Then you got the people that are so scared they won't do anything. And they're paralyzed, okay? And they're living in a state of fear. Now... How many know that we don't want to live in fear, but we don't want to have so much bravado that we... I, mean, I should probably use a different example for this. How many of y'all, everyone knows that crazy person, right? The crazy Christian person? Okay, so we can't go here? Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. I know, you redeemed, right? Redeemed. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, how do we say this? Not the person who's not operating in relationship with the Lord, but is operating in a lot of bravado arrogance. Thank you. God, I needed help. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Arrogance. That's what I'm looking for, right? And so, and then them in this place, they're condemning everybody else. Because I am so much faith and I'm so awesome and I'm so powerful, you weak mask wearing fool. <laughs> Like, those people come on my timeline on social media. And I'm like, who are you? Like, I've never seen your name in my whole life. Where did you come from? How do you know me? You know, and they're just like, ah! You know, just like, it's like, oh gosh, God help us, man. So, that being said, I would dare say that's error. And I would dare say living in fear is error. But there has to be this place in the middle where we're trusting in the blessing of the Lord, but we're led by the Spirit of God, and we operate in wisdom. Amen? And, and that place is discovered with you and God for what's best for you. Can I get an amen? And, and out of love and respect, we allow people to operate and to hear God for themselves. And so, and so that's that place of wisdom. And that's a place of following the leading of the Lord, you know? The leading of the Lord looks differently to different people. Can I get an amen? God told, God let Abraham go into Egypt. God told Isaac, don't go into Egypt, so in the land of famine, you know? So, same blessing, two different operations. But uh, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. So, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, 
And if you guys want to go there, but I'll read it to you because I'm just going to roll through these because we've spent a lot of time. But it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is not the accumulation of information. Wisdom is not intelligence. Wisdom is not IQ. Wisdom is what to do right, right now. What to do, when to do it. Yes, thank you. It's, 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 it's knowing how to live life. And wisdom is better than intelligence. Wisdom is better than, than education. Wisdom is better, it's really better, it's the principal thing. Why? Because God will show you how to live. I mean, you need wisdom on how to raise your kids. Can I get an amen? Ain't nobody know how to do that but the Lord. You, need, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need wisdom on marriage. You need wisdom with your job. You need wisdom with your family. You need wisdom. Wisdom in your health. Wisdom in your finances. Like, you know, t- tell, me what, tell me how to live. Like, I don't know, you know, but the Lord does. And so, um, in a place of humility, wisdom will be embraced. And it will help you. And it will be a crown of glory to you. And it will, it will bless you. Amen? So... Um, and, and then I'm just, I'm just going to, like I said, we don't have a lot of time here, so I'm just going to read you some stuff. So Proverbs 8 and verse 32, it says, Therefore now listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. This is wisdom speaking. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Does that sound like relationship to y'all? That's a, and this is in Proverbs 3 5. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord, depart from evil. Like, that is, that's the textbook on how to live life. Walk with the Lord. Lord, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. I I made the mistake of not inviting the Lord. To help me do something, Mr. Fix-It, at my house. God help us. I'm 40 years old. I should have learned this by now. I need to pray before I try to do something at my house, right? I decided, bless God. <laughs> Home improvement, I am not, dude. Like, I will break something. I am Wreck-It Ralph personified, you know? Like, you give me something to fix and I will break it. <laughs> it's so bad. God help me, but... Anyway, so I was going to pressure wash my porch, right? So I had to get this little pressure washer, and I try to pressure it. And, and, and the porch laughs at the first pressure washer, like, you really think that's going to work on me, you know? So I, I, gotta, I, I give it back to the person I brought it from. So I'm going to go to Home Depot, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to rent the largest pressure washer on earth, and this porch is not going to work. And I'm going to blow the paint off this thing. You know, and I'm out there like I'm cranking it up. And I got this thing. I can barely, you know. <laughs> Dude, I light that porch up, right? And so, like, I'm thinking, I'll be done in an hour. You know, that's what I told my wife. I was like, yeah, I'll be done in an hour. She's like, okay. So six hours later, I'm done with, like, one board, you know, and uh, because this porch is old. Like 1935, you know what I'm saying? This thing is just like old and dead, and like I'm I'm pulling layers of paint off of like 
we're, we're getting like, you know, 1970s paint down here. <laughs> and so I have destroyed my porch. Like splintered mess. But the paint is not on there. <laughs> Only took me two days and renting all this equipment and all that. So now my porch looks like junk, like absolute trash. So now I've got I to gotta now sand my porch. <laughs> Look, dude, look, by the time we're done, my porch is going to look like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be... So if y'all come over and hang out, tread lightly on the porch. It's been through a lot. But like, in my sixth hour of working on this, like, it kind of dawned on me like, Man, I should probably talk to the Lord about this. Should probably pray, probably acknowledge the Lord, you know. And his answer probably would be like, Don't do it. <laughs> you know, you can't do it. Don't do it. I can do all things through Christ. Doesn't mean you should. <laughs> There's some things you sh- clearly shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, so y'all can pray for my wife, <laughs> pray for me. I'll be be belt sanding that thing. (laughs) It's awful, man. Praise God. Anyway, point being, acknowledge the Lord. Amen. (laughs) In all your ways, and He will direct your path. (laughs) Oh, I just wanted to share that with somebody. (laughs) But it says, watching daily at my gates. So that's, that's a place of Listening, watching, waiting, acknowledging. You know? Because like one of the especially especially with teenagers, like you need to hear God with teenagers. Like I'm really like like very listening to the Lord when I deal with my son. Because sometimes your emotions say correction, but but God's heart says leave him alone. Just love on them. Just love on them. And sometimes it says correction. You know, we need to correct that. We need to, we need to, um, I mean, you know, there's a whole world that's after those kids. Yeah. They're after them, man. They're, they're not after us. They're after the kids. Because they know if they get the kids, then the kids will turn into adults, and then they'll just continue down that path. But our kids, the, the, the world's after them, man. And we've got to pray over them, and we've got to hear God and dealing with them. Because uh, they're up against stuff that we were never up against. Um, but being led by the Spirit and raising your kids is huge, man. It's huge. We need it. And so what is that? Listening, watching, waiting. You know, Because if you start to do something, and you can get good at this. If you start to do something, you just get a little unsettling in your heart. Just a little, a little no, a little don't do that down here. This is where the Lord speaks to you for, for, for most of the time. Then don't do that. Amen? Because God is trying to give you wisdom uh, to save you. And to... Um, how many know that love looks differently at different times? How many know sometimes love looks like a strong boundary? And sometimes, how many know sometimes love um, is, is a merciful hand? I mean, you know, sometimes love does good that someone doesn't deserve. 
right? But then how, then how many know that sometimes, sometimes love corrects for the purpose of bringing safety? How many know sometimes wisdom is correction? Well, let me take it a step further. Wisdom is always correction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. Because what does wisdom say? Wisdom says, you're not, you're not going the right way, you need to go this way. Yeah. Are y'all tracking me here? Because basically, in, 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 in this life, you, you have a green light. God says, go. Take your gifts, take your talents. Be loved, love, go. I mean, you know, there's an element of wildness and freedom to this life. It's pretty astonishing, really. No, you know, just go. You know, and, um, and so God wants you to enjoy. Um, he wants you to enjoy this life. He wants you to have fun with Him. But... How I many know that there, 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 are, there are times when he's going to correct, he's going to restrain, he's going to guide for the purpose of love? I mean, we see it in the Apostle Paul's life. I mean, Apostle Paul's preaching the gospel everywhere. Go, 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 go. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God's like, don't go to Asia. Wait. You know? I was about to go to the pool the other day. It's the pool. And down in my heart, I had no peace. No peace. Couldn't leave, wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, you know, sometimes following the Spirit of the Lord will make you feel and look silly. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, we, everybody was ready. You know, because going to the pool is no, it's a big deal now. Like, you got you to gotta get your block. You got to, I mean, the pool's open in Versailles. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's open in Lexington. But you got to go and you can only get so many tickets. And you got to get your little block and you got your time. And you're going to be there for two hours, blah, blah, blah. And down here, it was just like, no peace. Finally, I just went to States. I said, look, I don't feel right about going to the pool. Are you okay with that? Yep. Okay. Then we're not going to go. So, you know, how I many you know you, you need that in the time that we're living in? Yeah, yeah. Simple things, big things. You ever had a time when you didn't have peace about eating at a restaurant? Yeah. I have got up and left wow. on more than one occasion. Yeah. And then I have stayed and ate and regretted it. <laughs> big time. <laughs> Amen. But that wisdom is always important, but especially in the time that we're living in right now. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, you don't have to turn there, but it says that Jesus has been made our wisdom. Um, Jesus said, you know, your wisdom is not just a concept or a thought process. Your wisdom is a person. Um, Let's turn to James and we'll close. But... Relationship, that place of relationship is a place of wisdom. And and, and Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 8, and I'll read this as you guys turn to James, but it says, Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, he will increase in learning. A big part of wisdom um, and receiving wisdom is attitude. Because um, you, see, wisdom is not to the intelligent, okay? The, the door for wisdom is literally open to everyone, according to Proverbs chapter 3. The Bible says, whosoever can come, can come. Wisdom's built her house, she's made a place. So wisdom is not just to the intelligent, it's not just to the educated. Um, wisdom is for Anyone who's willing to develop a taste for it. But in developing a taste for wisdom will require humility. 
Because you're going to have to say, I don't know what to do, God knows what to do. That's pretty much the core of, of, of biblical wisdom is, God, I need your help. And so in that place, there, there is a humility, and there's acknowledging of the Lord. <clears throat> now, one of the things the gospel will do is the gospel will teach you an identity apart from your performance. Teach you an identity apart from your behavior. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, when I am very comfortable in who I am in Christ... When correction comes, I don't take it personal. Because my identity is in Jesus, not my conduct. And so the gospel will set you up to increase in wisdom because you can now become teachable. See, um, I was so, you know, God loved my mother. She struggled with alcoholism and you know, she's better now, and we're in a great place now, but growing up, my mom really struggled with alcoholism, and she would get drunk and would just, just, just condemn me for hours, like just hours, just condemn me, just rip me to pieces, tell me how awful I was, right? And so, and wouldn't even remember it, you know, wouldn't even remember it. So, I mean, I don't like hold it to her charge. I mean, it was just, it was the alcohol that she was dealing with. And so, and, you know, we're on the other side of it. She's completely forgiven, and I love her. But during the time, <clears throat> what it did was it, it, it broke inside of me the ability to be corrected. And because I didn't have a father figure and I didn't have um, any type of really male role models in my life, uh, authority was seen as something that was trying to control me and take away my fun. And so I was not correctable. Because, you know, because I didn't trust authority. And so what I was, was I was a fool. <laughs> I was a fool. Because if you, if, you, if you cannot correct someone, and they can't receive correction, and, um, and that part of me had been broken, then basically I would receive no wisdom, and I did all, only what I wanted to do. Now, how I many know that's a, that's a great way to get in a lot of trouble fast? And that's what I did. And so I, got, I was in tons of trouble and eventually would call upon the name of the Lord in my, in my despair. But even after I got saved, that part inside of me about correction was real sensitive, man. And I had a hard time receiving correction because I felt like if you corrected me in any way, you were condemning me. And because I had been condemned so much. And so it literally took years of the Lord restoring my identity to be able to handle correction. Because, I mean, you know, if I can't be corrected, I can't be better and I can't change. You know, like I've seen, like I used to coach basketball for years. And if you give me a kid that's teachable, that kid will go further than a kid that has a great gift but is not teachable. If you find a kid that's coachable and will listen and learn, they're going to they're gonna make the team better. You follow me? But, um, and I've had kids who had a tremendous, they had great gifts, great athleticism, but if they're not coachable, they, they may do some things great for themselves, but as far as them actually causing the team to do well, it's not there. And so God wants to affirm your identity so that he can, in a place of relationship, bring correction to your life, which will bring wisdom to your life, which will make your life better and cause you to abide in a place of safety so that he can 
Here's the key word, father you. Fathering. A part of fathering is correction. With no correction, there's no fathering. That's, that's, that's being a bastard. That's being fatherless. And I know all about it. I was there for years and years and years of my life. Correction is necessary for love to be expressed. If you're going the wrong way, sweetheart, I love you so much, I've got to tell you. And so, Scripture, and the way that, that wisdom comes to us, and closing right here, and we're in James. Number one, it's through Scripture. Word of God, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you. It's going to lead you how to live your life. Don't go back in the book of Leviticus and try to live under the law. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't. Just understand this book, the way it's written. There's an old covenant and there's a new covenant. New covenant's your covenant. You're in the front of the book. In the back of the book, that old covenant, it's awesome. There are amazing examples of God's love and grace. There are typologies about Jesus. There's tremendous wisdom. We've been reading through Proverbs. But your actual approach to God is different now that Jesus has come. It's totally different. So um, we go to Scripture for wisdom, but we have to look at it through the lens of the cross. We have to look at it through the finished work. Um, So Scripture is number one. Um, and then I would say, you know, number two is just the presence or absence of peace. Yeah. Can't beat that, man. If you don't have peace about something, don't do it. Amen? Yeah, it's huge. And then, and then the very final thing as we close here, James chapter 1 and verse 5. Here's the beauty of it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. So, if you need wisdom, ask. But don't get impatient. There's our challenge. We're, we're very much microwave culture. God, what do you want me to do? <sighs> it's been five seconds. Come on. <laughs> Not that kind of party we've got. One thing I've noticed about the Lord is he's, 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 He slows things down. <laughs> like we live in like this so fast world, and God's like, relax. Oh, you want this answer? Let's talk about the cherries on this tree. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's talk about when you talked to your spouse the other day. <laughs> We're like, no, God, I need this big answer right here. He's like, no, I'm talking about these little things right here, you know. And so, he's infinitely wiser than us. And one of the things about it is, don't get impatient with wisdom. And that's where the rest of the scripture comes in. It says, but let him ask in faith without. Doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And all that's saying is, trust me, let time pass, I'm going to lead you. How many of there are times when you hear him so closely, and there are times when you don't hear him at all? He's still close. He's still close. With my kids... You know, there are times when I'm hands-on, and there are times when I'm watching. And I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know, Eli dealing with the dog. I'm there, I'm watching. I'll, I'll come in if I need to, but there, there's some moments where fathering is, shh, trust me. But, 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 trust me, relax. Y'all tracking me here? Those are moments of maturity. Those are moments of maturing. Those are the moments that we're not super excited about. But um, the passage of time. If you, if you need wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to you. Amen? 
It may come through scripture, it may come through a preacher, it may come through a movie, a song, nature, leading of the spirit, still small voice, dream, a million other ways that I'm probably not mentioning, but God wants to get his voice to you. Wisdom, that place of relationship, it's that safe place that God has for you. Amen? Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4, and we'll continue worshiping the Lord in our giving. Amen. Hallelujah. Those of you watching online, thank you guys for joining in. Um, God bless you. Some of y'all I haven't seen since all this went down. I, I just give you a virtual hug. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. We miss you, but we totally respect your decision. Amen. Did you have something? Something in my heart I want to tag on to what Sure, go ahead. So, uh, you know, Proverbs 2, 4, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all your ways. I'm still working on that. Because um, I feel like this is for someone online, too. Okay, sure. Um, Yeah. The Bible says, First John says, those who fear punishment have not been perfected in the love of God. God doesn't punish; He teaches and corrects. It's good, man. It's good. literally means to disciple or to teach. Yeah. The Lord disciplines the ones that He loves. So I feel like I'm, whoever who's hearing this, yeah, we need to understand the Lord does not punish. It's good. Good. A lot of times, and I am speaking from my own experience, I was unable to be fathered by the Lord because I had a wound of offense yeah. towards correction. Because yeah. what I thought was correction, I was interpreted, it was twisted in my mind that when, when correction would come, I would interpret it as rejection. Because yeah. I had been punished. It's good. Good. I always am for you. I always know the thoughts that I have toward you to lead you to life, to give you an expected end, to bring you a hope. It is never, ever to reject you it's good. or to leave you alone or to put my displeasure. Something the Lord spoke to my heart so strongly one time. I mean, it shook me. Overwhelming love, he said, I am never disappointed with you. That's so good. Yeah, it's huge. Jesus settled that on the cross. Come on, man. So God does not have an expectation of perfection on your life. Yeah. What he does is he knows the gift of righteousness that he's given you. Yeah. That seed in his word that never returns void. He knows what that, when you get this, get your mind aligned to what is already in you. 
what it will release, what will what it will release. But there is no demand of perfection on your life. That is what grace is all about. It's good. So be free that even in your worst mistake, God's not saying this. God's not like, oh, I'm just washing my hands of you and I'm giving up because I've given you four thousand tries. That's condemnation. Yeah. The Lord's like, it doesn't mean if you did four thousand and five or four thousand and two. You know, Peter asked this, Lord, how many times should I forgive him? You know, Jesus said there Jesus was basically he's being rhetorical. He was saying, There is no limit on forgiveness. It's good. There is no you've done it so many times and oh, that's it. No. That's the Lord is saying, Yeah, you may have done it four thousand times. But I'm still going to come to you. I'm still going to correct you because where sin abounds, grace does super abound. Yeah. My ability to come upon your life and change your course is greater than the sin that held you down. That's Nobody's right. That's right. That's right good. So yeah. right now, you are, you are struggling. You are struggling. I said this is someone online right now. Yeah. You are struggling in an addiction that's held you captive for years. And you feel like you are beyond redemption. Hmm. Because you've made that mistake and you have fallen into that entrapment so many times. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. God is God's overwhelming love and compassion and kindness and mercy and goodness and grace and everything towards you is so much greater than your mistake. It's so much greater. And if you will just let the gift of righteousness do its work that he's already given you and just believe that you're righteous by his blood that chain will be broken in your life. It's, it's, all a matter of, it's not a matter of your effort. It's a matter of you believing what he's already accomplished for you. It's good. It's good. And someone needs to hear that. Stop trying to set yourself free. Let Jesus do it for you by the revelation of who he's made you to be. Be, don't do. Amen. It's good. It's a good word, man. Thank you. Thank you. Powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So Philippians chapter 4, and I uh, just want to give people an opportunity to give, and I uh, just want to say thank you to you guys that are giving online. We appreciate it. Appreciate the partnership. Uh, you can go to gracepointgeorgetown.com uh, if you guys want to give online. Uh, but Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church partnered with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. Uh, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once again into my necessity, because I desire a gift, but desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all in abound. I am full, having received of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So partnership is a powerful thing, and uh, you know, no one does anything in the kingdom by themselves uh, we all do this and work together. So just want to say thank you to everybody that partners with us. And if you need to give an envelope, uh, we will get one to you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I still want to pray for people, so please don't turn that off just yet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for this offering. We ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. So if y'all come over to my house, don't make fun of my porch. You know what I'm saying? Still working on it, <laughs> whittling away at it. <laughs> it's bad, man. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, mm. No, I'm not, I'm not operating it. Be at peace. Uh-uh. No way. Dude, if you got me on one of those things, there's no telling what I'd break, man. Yeah, I'd be on the news, man. I'd <laughs> be going down Main Street. <laughs> no, no, that's somebody else. That's not me. Thank God, right? Okay, I just want to pray. I just want to pray because Brian mentioned something about a heart being wounded as a result of punishment, and um, and I just want to pray for that. So, Father, we just I just lift up whoever's dealing with that, Lord, whether that's somebody in here or somebody watching online, and Lord, I just thank you that you you heal that wounded heart and make wisdom attractive to them, Lord. Let let wisdom become like honey to them. Let it be sweet to the taste. Let them be uh, as the wise man who relishes reproof. Lord, and I, I just thank you that this, this, this person or persons would consent to being fathered by you and uh, to allow you to know that you are a safe place. And we thank you for that growth in their relationship with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just speak a blessing over all these people. Lord, I just thank you for they're, they're safe, they're healthy, they're strong. I thank you, Father, for that blessing that's powerful and alive that's upon their life right now, Lord. And I thank you for that safe place of wisdom and relationship that they be led by your Spirit. And thank you for angels protecting them, keeping them safe. I thank you, Lord God, that love is flowing through their hearts, Lord God, keeping fear out. I thank you that their marriages are blessed, their children are blessed, their finances are blessed, health of their bodies are blessed. Thank you, Lord, that your light is, is shining upon them, Lord, your blessing. Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you that people are drawn to the light that's in their life, that they direct those people to Jesus. We thank you for divine appointments, Lord God, to share the love of Jesus, to share the blessing of the Lord, uh, to be the outstretched arms of Jesus in the land. Lord, we thank you for that great week ahead in Jesus' name. Amen.